Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. We have been sharing over the, the last few weeks in regard to what is the heartbeat of Heart Church. Uh, and we've been looking at the ABC of WOW, which I'll explain in a moment. But our vision is, uh, what are we aiming for? What are we focused on in this, in this coming year? And as part of that, we actually didn't do it last year, but as part of that, we will, as a community, be bringing a special offering uh, to the vision and development of the house. It's a sacrificial offering that we bring as individuals, as a family. And we're saying, Lord, above and beyond what I normally give, above and beyond my normal tithes and offerings, I am sowing into your kingdom. I am sowing into your purpose. It's a sacrificial offering to see you do even more than you are currently doing. And, uh, uh, you know, we are a church that really do encourage people to give because we believe that's God's plan for our lives. But it's not often that we take special offerings like this. In fact, this is, this is just once a year we take a vision offering and, uh, and we tell you now, just so you can be thinking and praying about it and saying, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then we open that up throughout um, March. So it'll open on the first Sunday, which is Vision Sunday. All the way through March, you'll have opportunity just to, uh, to come and bring, to bring what the Lord lays on your heart to bring as we look to see God do something great, uh, continuing to do something great through Heart Church. So as you've heard me uh, speak there about, we've been looking at um, the ABC of WOW. I'm going to start by reading Isaiah 61. This is where this came from. Uh, Isaiah 61, uh, reading from verse 1, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. So they will be called, they people will be called oaks of Righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display, the display of His splendor. That is wow. When God is showing, God is showing us off. God is showing off. When God is uh, uh, showing you off, He's saying, This is what God can do for a man. This is what God can do for a woman. This is what God can do for a family. This is, this is, this is wow. And, 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 
We, we talk about the ABC of our, which is to do with anointing, which we've spoken about. Today we're speaking about beauty. And uh, the week after next, we'll be speaking about creativity. And, and they are just hooks, really, to help us understand, to really um, to anchor us in, in what we see the Bible teaches us about the power of the gospel. Because we believe the gospel is powerful. We believe that it isn't just a moment. It isn't just a once-off message. It isn't just something that transforms a moment. It transforms your whole life, all your life. We are continuing to be impacted by, by the gospel and its power. Now listen, I, I fully understand that when you uh, chuck up a title like beauty, there could be a whole whole host of you in the room thinking, well, uh, this, I, I don't know. I don't know whether I'm in the mood for this uh, right now. We're in the middle of a storm. You know, uh, is be- what, what possibly can this uh, have to do with me? Well, again, it's just a hook to help us. It's to help us understand why we do what we do. Because we've got a certain take on the gospel and it helps us understand we're not doing anything. We're not adding anything to the word of God. We're not adding anything to what the Lord has said. But we're interpreting it in a way that helps us to practically outwork it. So when we, when we talk about beauty, we're talking basically about atmospheres and environments, and I'm going to speak to these, atmospheres and environments, restoring dignity, awakening the soul, speaking to our potential. Atmospheres and environments, restoring dignity, awakening the soul, speaking to our potential. We went away for a couple of days as a staff just to... uh, have some time to be together, to pray together, to, to uh, listen to God together, have some fun together. And uh, one of the things that I said that, that was that, you know, so often um, church has been about getting us into heaven. It's about let's get saved. Let's deal with everything that's wrong. Let's get into heaven. And obviously, that remains true. When I come to Jesus Christ and receive him as my Lord and Savior, then I am not only saved for this life, I am saved for eternity, for eternal life. So sure, the message of the gospel, the message of the cross is about getting me into heaven. My argument would be that too much of church has been about getting us into heaven and not enough of church has been about getting heaven into us. Because it isn't just about where we're going one day. You know, uh, you know it's like, okay, wonderful, you're saved. Just keep going to church. Try and stay out of trouble. And then, you know, all being well, fingers crossed. Oh, I mean, no, sorry. We'll get into heaven. No. God, God has a plan for us that means 
that we will, we will thrive and prosper and flourish in, in this life. And, and what, I love, what I love in what Isaiah uh, speaks about here, he speaks about a crown of beauty instead of ashes. This is, this is what the gospel gives to us. God has the ability to take our ashes, that stuff which is burned up and, and, and useless, and exchange it for beauty. God is able to take the ugly of our lives and exchange it for something beautiful. He's able to take our mistakes. He's able to take our pain. He's able to take our shame. He's able to take our issues. He's able to take those things which have burned up and died. And he's able to take that. That which even we can't look at and see potential in. God can see potential in it. And he has, he, he has the power to exchange that for beauty. I, I, I truly believe that we, we were created to appreciate beauty. Um, and I say, and I believe that for all of us. Yeah, you know, it's not Bible, but we say that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And I do think that's true. I think that, I, I see that, uh, often that's said in a negative way, but I think that that actually is a positive thing in that I think that there are some things that you're able to see beauty in that I might not be able to, and vice versa. So I do think that to some degree, beauty is in the eye of the holder. But what I would say that every single one of us were created to appreciate beauty. And, and I find it interesting that that when God created man and woman, the environment, he, he, he had built creation, he had spoken creation into being with, with mountains and trees and blossom and sunsets. And, and, and God, God could have put man anywhere, but he put him in a garden. I just want to say that if God plants a garden, it's going to be a pretty amazing garden. And, and, and he put man in that environment to, to tend it, which is also an interesting thing that, that, that work is part of blessing. Work is not a curse. God had a plan for, God had a plan for, for man and woman to work. And, and I think that's the important thing to, to say, even in a day where an age where leisure time, such an emphasis is put on leisure time, and, and, and that's not a bad thing. But at the same time, we are designed to work. That's another message for another day. But God created a garden and put man in it because he wanted to put man in an environment. Now, God, God never does anything without purpose. If you put him in a beautiful environment, it's because he wanted man to have an impact on the environment and he wanted the environment to have an impact on man. Do you get that? So he wanted man to influence that environment, but he wanted the 
the environment to influence him. When God, when God does something, he does it really well. This might be a challenge to the religious amongst us, but you know, Jesus just didn't turn water into wine. He turned it into the best wine. Really good wine. Just want to say that. That means it couldn't have been grape juice. Just chucking that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that, that you know it was. It couldn't have been grape juice. It was. It was wine, and it was the best wine that had ever been tasted. When when Jesus allowed perfume to be poured over him, it was perfume that was worth a year's wages. When he fed the 5,000, there were, there were 12 baskets full left over. I say these things to say that we don't, we don't serve a just enough God. And, and, and it can be difficult for some of us to get because God was incredibly extravagant but never wasteful. Uh, and, and, and I believe that that is an expectation upon us. He wants us to live with generosity and extravagance, but he never wants us to be wasteful. Right. And we don't always have to create um, uh, beautiful or excellent moments by throwing a load of cash at it. Because right. that isn't always the answer. Beauty and, 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 you know, I mean, I will be speaking about creativity, but obviously they do bleed into each other a little bit. You know, it's, it's, it's not just about, well, well, we're trying to create something excellent, so let's throw, throw a load of money at it. I, I want you to know that you can waste a lot of money with that heart and attitude because, because often beauty and creativity work together. That flows from our heart. An attitude that says, I want to bring the best. So well, that's, that will help you to understand some of why we do what we do. We're not, we're not just trying to be trendy. We're not trying to just be upbeat. We're not, we're not trying to keep up with the Joneses or take over the Joneses. We're trying to do whatever we do to honor God and bring glory to his name. We are seeking to align ourselves to a standard which we believe he wants to, he wants to flow through us. So, so that means that, that, you know, I know we're supposed to forgive each other and love each other. And, and that all remains true. But that doesn't then mean that, well, if we're loving each other and forgiving each other, we can just treat each other how we, however we want. I, I believe that God wants us to understand that when we are here, hey, never mind just when we're here, everywhere we go as children of God, we represent Him. When you're in the office tomorrow, when you're in the classroom tomorrow, when you're walking around campus tomorrow, wherever you are, whether you're stacking shelves or walking down the factory floor, you need to understand that we are God's representative in that environment. And I believe that because we're called to be salt and light, 
God wants us to influence environments wherever we go. So, Because atmospheres and environments are important. Atmospheres and environments will either work for you or against you. When it comes to atmospheres and environments, we have to think about what we're seeking to achieve. If I'm trying to, if I'm a, a single person trying to impress a date, I want to suggest that the fluorescent lights of Tesco's Cafe <laughs> may not be. I know that some of you love Tesco's t- Cafe. You don't have to email me, okay? I know that it's, some of you love it. But I'm just saying, if, if you're taking someone out on a date, you know, if you're celebrating an anniversary, if you're taking someone out on a date, Tesco's Cafe, awesome as it might be for you, may not be the environment to impress somebody. I've just preached for somebody right there. That is. Oh, so I don't do that. That's right. You don't do that. Because we understand that, that atmospheres have an environment in helping us achieve Something. I mean, you know, if you wanted to just impress, I would suggest we want something on your menu other than a bacon sandwich. We need a little bit of lighting. We need a little bit of music. It needs to be. I mean, if you want to impress, that means that you, you, you're going to have to put your hand in your pocket. Okay, that is the truth of the matter. And while, while, I'm, while I feel like I'm on a little bit of a roll, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, actually, I'm not sorry. I'm, I'm saying I'm sorry because I want to come across as polite and all that. But it's a lie because inside I don't think that at all. You know, like I'm just of the, the uh, it's, it's absolutely in my thinking that, you know, gentlemen take ladies out and they pay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that offends you. I don't get this whole split the bill business. I don't get it. Let's go Dutch or whatever it is. I don't, I don't get that. My understanding is, gentlemen, you pay. Put your hand in your pocket and you pay. I mean, splitting the bill is... is it's better than you sitting there saying, oh, I'll get the next one. <laughs> I think that's another preach for another day. I, I mean, seriously, ladies, ladies, I don't care how good looking he is. I don't care how big his biceps are. If he can't buy you dinner. I'd say, move on, brother. (laughs) Move on. So we understand that there are environments in in which we feel valued and appreciated. I mean, 
taking the restaurant illustration, if you've ever been to a restaurant where the food might be okay, but the service is awful, you know, that, that absolutely impacts your experience. Um, we get it because many of us, I would obviously, not all of us, but many of us, if we were having visitors around who we didn't know that well, we tidy up before they came. Am I right? I mean, the, the magazine might be under the sofa and, you know, like, you might be, but the worst is, the worst is if they turn up and you weren't expecting them. I mean, if you've got no time, that is like, you're rushing around, you you know, you're getting, you're getting to the door. <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting you. But meanwhile, you've been having a panic run around the, the house, cleaning up spaces that they at least might go in. Um, why? Because we understand that there's an everyday standard that is family. It's cool because we're family. We don't live in a show home. You know, the reality is that family, being together, we do mess things up a bit. But then there is another standard that when we're trying to make people feel valued, we, 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 we understand that sitting on a hairbrush may not be, right. <laughs> might not be the best thing for you. You know, we, we get that. We don't use the chipped plates. You know, we, 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 we if, 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 there, if there is a chipped plate, I'll have that. You know, you, you, you get the plate without, the chip. And, and, and please understand that, because again, we need to understand that this is not just about how wealthy I am or the quality of stuff in my home. I, I hate all that because I think that every one of us should be prepared to open our homes. No one should close the door of our homes because we're afraid that people are going to judge us of what kind of sofa I've got or what my knives and forks look like. Or, Well, like, you know, if you think you're going maybe, to... Maybe those people don't get invited around. But I think that... that listen, I, I have... This is a true story... In South Africa, I was take someone took me round their mansion, and when I say mansion, it was it wasn't just a mansion; it was a mansion. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You can go around a mansion, cool, but this was a mansion, and he had a wine cellar. And while he was down there, he he took a bottle of wine. This is honestly true, and and I was thinking, mm. okay, it's nice. He opened a bottle of wine. He never offered me a drink. He drank it, and he never offered me a drink. I mean, obviously, alcohol has never passed these. Li- <laughs> sorry, Lord. Sorry. Sorry, Lord. It may, every now and again, it may have. You know what I mean? But like, he, never, he, never, he never offered me a drink. And I can also tell you that I've sat on mud floors and been made to feel like royalty. So it's not about what we have. What we're talking about, when we talk about beauty, is it's not just about the standard of the stuff, but it has a lot to do with the heart. It has a lot to do with the heart. 
And so we as a church seek to create, I'm not saying we're always successful, but we seek to create environments in which people feel welcome and it is easier to encounter God. So that's why when we're doing team talks or we're encouraging people about attitude and about smiling, and it's not because we're trying to be flash or fancy. It's an understanding that when people turn up at church, they may have had a hell of a week. Hey, they may have had a hell of a life. They, they may be feeling stressed. They may be feeling rushed. And they may have, you know, had a nightmare getting the kids ready to, to get out to church. So they pull in there. And, and, and we understand that the worship experience does not begin the moment the first chord is played on here. Your worship experience begins, if, if you've not, if, if it haven't managed to get one before, it begins from the car park. Yeah, you can clap. It's okay. And it's so important because I understand, you know, some people are, they're trying to be flash, they're trying to be fancy, they're trying to be like this. You know, it is something in us that always wants to pull stuff down. The heart behind it is we want to bless people. Like your life might be hell, but the moment you come here, We want you to start feeling better about yourself. We want you to know there's a God in us that loves you. And we want to open you up like a flower to experience the presence of God. That is why you'll probably be greeted about 20 times before you get to your seat. That's why someone will offer to open the door or open your bag. If you pop in the toilet before you come, you're going to see some nice smelling stuff to wash your hands with and put some cream on your hands and all that sort of thing. Why? Because we want you to be fa- feel valued even in the places you wouldn't expect to be feel valued. Even where you might not even be looking for it. We, why? Because we, we've, we serve a God who loves you and values you. And everything speaks. Everything speaks, whether it's on your way in, whether it's in the atrium, whether it's in the worship, everything speaks. And we are seeking to minimize the worries and the distractions that are in your head so that when you get in this space, you may have an opportunity where you encounter God in a way that's going to serve you Not only the rest of the week, for some it will serve you the rest of your life. To get rid of the clutter. So that's why we do what we do. We we try and create beautiful moments with attitude, with heart, because we're trying to... And and you know what? I've got to say, some people don't always make that easy. That's the truth. Some people don't always make that easy. It's not... Some people don't make it easy to be nice. We have to dig deep and say, Jesus, I need you right now. You know, they've turned up at 10 past 11 and they want seven seats together. And they're upset because you haven't got seven seats for them. 
Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. But we want to, we, 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 we are seeking to, to create moments where people can engage with God. And, and, and sometimes the most beautiful thing I can contribute is a beautiful attitude. Just a kind word. Just a heart. I think Jesus, Jesus models this, and I find this interesting because this is a bigger, it's a bigger thing actually than just what happens um, uh, on the way into church. In Mark 5, we read of, of um, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, a synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? And overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let, watch this, I want you to take notice of this. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. Notice that, crying, wailing loudly. And he went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. Wait a minute, just a second ago, just a, just a second ago, you were crying and wailing. Now you're laughing. It's a bit of a comment on the sincerity of the commotion. This is Jesus now. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. And he took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. Why am I telling you this? This proves that Jesus knew that some people improve the atmosphere by exiting the room. Turn to someone and say, don't worry, he's not talking about you. But that's the thing, eh? Jesus loves everybody. Jesus loves everybody, but not everybody gets in the room. Certain people with a certain attitude get in the room. Why? Because we're about the business of the Lord here. Where I'm believing to see a miracle. That means that I need people who are sincere. I need people who are believing. Why, why did he choose those disciples? Why did he, he choose? He chose Peter, James, and John. They got in the room, and also the mother and the father. They got in the room. They got in the room because they believed that what was on Jesus could raise the dead. And Jesus surrounded himself, even Jesus... Even Jesus, the Son of God, surrounded himself with an atmosphere of faith to see a miracle come to pass. 
We know in other places there were, there were certain miracles Jesus couldn't do because of the lack of faith, because of the unbelief. I say that to say that attitude counts. It matters. It matters. Even God, if God could be limited, He can be limited by our attitude of unbelief. If God can be limited, He can be limited by our attitude of unbelief. But God brought into the room, Jesus brought into the room an atmosphere of faith. Beautiful things happen in an atmosphere of faith. I say this to help us understand that we're not just looking to have a great time of worship. Are we looking to have a great time of worship? Yes, we are. But we're not just looking to have a great time of worship. We're looking to create an environment in which miracles can take place. Whether it's during the worship, whether it's during the offering, whether it's during the preach, whether it's during the notices. I don't care when a miracle takes place. We just want to create an atmosphere of expectation that the God we say we love and serve will release miracles in people's lives. Every opportunity, every opportunity God will seize to release faith some of us, when it, comes to the, the, when it comes to the offering, we might be rolling our eyes and think, oh, here they go again. Meanwhile, God is trying to get a miracle into your financial situation. He's trying to get faith to you in regard to your situation. Meanwhile, while we're worshiping, God is trying to get a miracle of healing to your body. He's trying to get a word of wisdom to your mind about your family. God is at work. God is at work. He's at work all the time, every day, in every set of circumstances. But there is something special. When we gather together, people who love God, people who are on the journey to God, and we get in an atmosphere where there is something in the the, the sum total of us that the Spirit of God seems to take advantage of and do something Beyond what we expected. In an atmosphere of faith, beautiful things get painted on the canvas of our life. Beauty, I believe, is not just about atmospheres and environments. It is, it's about restoring dignity. I find it interesting, the language is... It talks about a crown of beauty instead of ashes. A crown of beauty instead of ashes. The crown is something that goes on my head. So I think there's something about this that that God wants us to understand that he's speaking about something that goes on my head, but something... It's something in my head that needs to change. He's speaking about something going on my head, but it's something in my head, my thinking, that needs to change. Because God is a God who restores dignity. Some of us reject 
beauty. We reject moments because we don't feel we're good enough. We don't feel like we're worthy. We don't feel like we deserve it. Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you once and for all, there's not one person in this room that's good enough. There's not one person in this room that's worthy. There's not one person that deserves what God has done. Not one. And there's no one coming. There's no one coming who is worthy. Because the only one who was ever worthy was Jesus. And he considered you worthy enough to die for. He gave his life for you. Knowing everything that you've done. Knowing everything that you've been through. Knowing everything that you've experienced. The love of God is shown through Jesus. He did not come into the world to condemn it. He was love. That brought him into the world. Jesus is not here to condemn you. He's here to love you. And love you into being the best version of yourself. I believe that God wants to put a crown on our head. Because if we can change our thinking, we can change our world. If we can change our thinking, we can change our world. And sometimes... What we wear, what we actually wear, makes a difference. A crown is meant to be worn. You know, there's sometimes, you know, you might have got dressed up for a a job interview. Um, I think they still do that. (laughs) You know, uh, back in my day, you know, that you'd never go for an interview without putting a suit on. Or I know things have changed a little bit, but... But, you know, you have the interviews over Skype and over FaceTime and all that sort of thing. But, but I think there are still interviews you go to where you dress up. Why? Why do you do that? Because you're trying to present your best. Right. Also, you know, when, whether you're dressing up for a wedding or whether you're dressing up for an interview. I don't know. There's just something when you... Still got it. Uh, you, you, it, it, it has an impact on you. It has, it does something to you. Some of us, uh, you know, it's, I, I find it intriguing. Sometimes you can go to a wedding and, and people carry themselves a little bit differently because right. they've got a new dress on. Right. And you say, oh, that's nice. It's like, oh, this old thing. <laughs> it's nothing. But, it, you know, it's like, just, just take the compliment, right? Just take the compliment. We don't want to know it was on sale. We don't want to know how cheap it, you got it. We, 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 you just look great. Just enjoy the compliment. Turn to someone and say he's talking to you. I think that I find it interesting that I think to me the the crown isn't about looking beautiful. It's about feeling beautiful. I I think that God wants us to feel beautiful. Because I talk about a God who put us in, in, in a garden... Where there is beauty all around, but we all know that that story didn't end quite so well. And, 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 and it ended up where people who had been put in an environment of beauty ended up ashamed and hiding. Too many of us, too many of us say that we love Jesus. And we end up still carrying our shame and still hiding. I just wonder, I just wonder 
how many of us in the room have just never really even thought that about yourself? You, you, you cannot even think, I am beautiful. But that is how God sees you. Dignity that comes from the Latin dignus, which means worthy. You are worthy. And, and in that regard, understand me, it's not about putting a suit on that should make you carry yourself a little different. That's cool. But it's understanding what Jesus has done on the inside of me. That I am worthy. I am loved. I am special. I am beautiful. Not because of my physical appearance, but because of what the grace of God has done in my heart and life. There's a guy called Bill Strickland who wrote a book called Make the Impossible Possible. He said this, he said, My view is that if you want to involve yourself in the lives of people who have been given up on, you have to look more like the solution than the problem. If you want to involve yourselves in the lives of people who have been given up on, you need to look more like the solution than the problem. We actually need to look like people who have found the solution. Because the solution is a person. And his name is Jesus. Again, understand me, I'm not talking about perfect people. There's not one of us perfect in this room. Some of you look amazing. Some of you look gorgeous. But you ain't as together as you look. And I know that because neither am I. There's not one of us that is as together as we look. We are not perfect. We will not be perfect until one day we are with Him in heaven. But we are emerging from what we are. I'm not what I was. I'm not what I'm going to be. But by God's grace and help, I'm getting better every day. There is beauty emerging from the ashes. There is beauty emerging from the ashes. I want to prophesy to somebody's situation where your life has been so devastated that you look around and right now all you can see is ashes. I want you to understand that we serve a God who looks at your ashes and says, don't worry, I'm going to exchange those ashes for beauty. Beauty awakens the soul. It's a bit like the prince kissing sleeping beauty. The prince of peace awakens us. We create environments for people to feel special. But the most important environment for us to feel special is on the inside. You can't have enough spa days. You can't have enough spa days to feel special if you're carrying shame on the inside. Jesus is the one who delivers us from shame. He heals the emptiness in my soul and puts a crown of beauty on my head. The crown represents what has happened. It doesn't make it happen. I wear the crown because I'm a king. Wearing the crown doesn't make me a king. 
It speaks to my potential. Beauty calls something out of me. Beauty is of God. Beauty is from God. Beauty can be seen in a piece of art. It can be heard in the purr of an engine or in a symphony. It can be felt in an act of kindness or in how the numbers line up. It can be a kind word or a song sung. Beauty for ashes is God exchanging my ashes and ugliness for His beauty. And this is what the cross is all about. There can be few things, if anything, that is more ugly than the cross that Jesus died on. Nothing more ugly than the pain He experienced. Nothing more ugly than the humiliation. Nothing more ugly than the execution. But that ugliness of a cross that takes my sin, of blood that redeems me and heals all my diseases, that ugly moment has the power to exchange your ashes for beauty. It's not not always a moment. There are some things God will do in an instant and there are some things that God will do in the course of time. But you can be sure, whatever, there is a divine exchange taking place. My ugliness for His beauty. And we, as we come together, offer the opportunity for everyone who encounters us, everyone who comes across our threshold, everyone who dares to check us out, that this God who so loved us, who so changed our lives, who has so set us free, not that we're there yet, but we're still on a journey, but this same God who loved us will also love you. And change your life. If you'll let Him. If you'll give Him the opportunity. If you'll open your heart and let Him in. He will blow your mind. He will will show you a version of life that you have never experienced. He will show you a version of yourself that you have never experienced. A version of yourself that you've only hoped to be. And God wants to even exceed that. God is a God who loves you. He sees beauty in places we'd never imagined He could see beauty. I love the fact that God doesn't ask us to beautify ourselves in order to be acceptable to Him. He doesn't expect us to brush ourselves down, wash ourselves, look better, smell better, sort ourselves out. He just runs out to meet us where we are. Throws His arms around us and said, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you more than you know. I love you. And I see your pain. 
And I see what life has done. And I see the ashes. But I will exchange all that for the beauty of my love. I will transform you and I will transform your life. In Jesus' name, amen. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.